0: Hey, Podcast Nation. Today on the Two Brothers Audio Experience, Del Bacon, the recovery atheist, otherwise known as Trey Entertainment, interviews Brother Deuce, Jr. from the Two Brothers Duo, about his story and general discussions. Enjoy. Shout out to Del Bacon, Thanks, Dell for all you do with Weirman Media and the platform of the Recovery Atheist podcast. I greatly appreciate what you do and the platform you bring forward. Thank you.
1: Well, hello, everybody out there in podcast nation.
0: Podcast motherfucking nation.
1: This is the Recovery Atheist. And, uh... I don't know. Should I do my ammo?
0: Totally. Do whatever your traditional thing, brother.
1: I am so happy that you're able to join us today. Like I said the other day, I am completely engorged.
0: Engorged? I like that word. It's exciting. Engorged. It's
1: just swollen. I've never.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's completely. Ah. He's completely swollen, Paul.
1: Ah, anyway. I got my swole on. He's getting his swole on. Anyway. In a good way. In a good way, people. Don't take it wrong. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us today for another episode of The Recovery Atheist. And, you know, today is my my turn to give payback to someone who got me started on the journey that I'm going down uh, like I said in my last episode I'm up over 300 downloads And it all started with this guy uh, Jr. J
0: to the motherfucking R From
1: Wehrman Media Also um, Is the Two Brothers Podcast Brother Deuce I give
0: Isaiah, I give Zaya the number one But with yeah, the brother. Two Brothers Podcast and the Two Brothers TV I give it to Zaya Zaya's brother Uno and I'm brother Deuce
1: So if anyone remembers back in the day seems like it was so long ago, it seems like a different world, but it was only like three months ago. Um, first first time I, got, I came in here to talk with you, Jr. and you. you interviewed me, and that's what kind of kicked off everything to be where I'm at today, which I thank you.
0: Yeah, man, it's been fun. It's been a journey.
1: So what I'm going to do today is I want to return that door, please, the favor
2: and stop going in and out
1: I want to return the favor uh, by interviewing you and bringing it forth to my people on the on the podcast, of my podcast, yeah. to be able to direct them to your podcast, off your experiences and your authenticity and, and what you bring to the table. So today, the first thing I want to ask is what has brought you, to the position or to the place that you're at today, what experiences uh, have you gone through to be able to set you up and put you in a place of success to do what you and I are doing today and through your your brother and and your podcast and the business? W- you know what got you here.
0: I appreciate you Dell saying those kind words, and I appreciate everything that you do here. And I think having a team and having a something start like this is crucial having you a part of it is a big part of what, everything that I believe in. I right, thank people you. people that build you up and you bring a lot of value, valuable assets and you bring a lot of insights and perspectives that are priceless. Thank you. And I really believe in the story of overcoming the fictional storytelling of religion. So I think that's really cool. My brother introduced you to me. That was I thought that was really rad. But for me, a lot about my uh, journey and my story, I want to lean into a few different things uh, on this. But for number one, for me, I want to lean in heavy to my story and my journey and simply my perspective and my awareness, which is my most powerful tool I, I like to say. And it comes back to my willingness and addiction. I have an addiction Addiction to growth. I'm addicted to evolving. And I have uh, learned at a young age I was I was blessed with perspective and awareness and willingness to throw myself into situations that I want to grow and evolve from. So for me, a lot of my journey of where I am today and how I got here is my willingness to fail and my willingness to do something I've never done before and do it terrible, but then pick it up and learn quick and do it great. And my willingness to look bad and look terrible at something and pick it up quick and learn or put myself in new situations and put myself in uncomfortable situations specifically because I know that's where I, I learn and I obtain the most growth from those situations. So at a young age, that was a big part of what I started doing. At So ba- basically, I'll lean into a little bit bit of my backstory when I was younger I was like 21 my mom had just died that's a big part of my story as well was losing my mother and then my uh, addiction had been taking off and I had just got arrested and charged with a crime and I got out and I got sober and I finally realized that I was like okay I don't want to live the rest of my life at 21 doing what everyone else was doing so I made a hard left and I realized if I want to be different and do different things and succeed in life I have to do different things so I started at 21 and I committed to that and I had a focus. I didn't realize this until I got older, but I was completely focused, committed, and courageous and open to being different and taking a different path and being the person that everyone's like, oh, this guy is a fe- ex-felon, an ex-con, an ex-heroin addict this guy's traveling the world. This guy's living out of his modified Subaru. I didn't let society's norms of everyone going to college and getting Mm -hmm. married and having a family Mm -hmm. control me. So I was at 21. It was a powerful perspective I'm thankful for because of having my mom had died, having my mom had passed away, losing her. I love my mom. Shout out to LMK. Rest in peace. And then having had a drug addiction and having had to grow up a little faster, I had the perspective and awareness to realize I didn't have to be like everyone else and I had comfort and I had self-confidence to be who I am and what I am and pursue my dreams and my passions and my happiness and I think that has a lot to do with my mom building self-confidence in me and the experiences I went through those challenging experiences building that self-confidence up to be different don't you think Mm -hmm. being different is a beautiful thing though yeah you're kind of
1: the same way I, I believe differences are what make life grand because um, I see
0: a lot of that in you. you seem, you're very comfortable being someone that is comfortable being different. I'm
1: comfortable with not fitting in. Yeah, you I, I really am. I mean, I, life is so much more interesting when you're able to just be yourself and not feel like you have to meld in with everybody else and, and fit in with everybody else, that you can just be your own person. And that's what I love to do, and I feel that that's what you do as well. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that you taught me since I've been here uh, and where my brain has grown and my my life has grown is the idea of being authentic, of being real, and the idea of fictional stories. Um, that every you know experience I have, I can sit here and I can tell you what those experiences are. But since you weren't there in the situation, you don't know whether or not it's it's real or not. It's It could be a fictional story, correct? Exactly. Um, but by my authenticity, by my coming across as being real to you, gives substance to those words. Uh, and definitely when it comes to being able to relate to others. Like I told you earlier today when... I was on the bus and we were texting back and forth and I was on my way down here is that I believe from at least for my podcast. And I think it's the same way with yours is I want to bring a sympathetic ear to my audience who is out there uh, by my experiences and what I have gone through for them to be able to relate to it be able to get some freedom from it, and be able to deal with that frustration and the pain of their experiences that they've had, because then they know they're not alone. Well, the only way I can do that is I have to be authentic, I have to be real, and I have to be exposed. I have to have exposure. I have to show them who I truly am, and I think that's what you're doing.
0: I think that's a great point, though. So leaning into my early childhood and the talk, and my addiction to growth, and my—I an, mean—I have an addict personality. I think that's 100 something I've learned about, and I agree with you. And I have now at 20, I'm 29 now, just learned about a lot of these things, and I'm constantly researching and growing and learning. I'm trying to always, when I'm not working in the studio or producing a podcast, my goal is to grow and learn and take direction from people that are better, more experienced, or have more success than me. I look at the people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Joe Rogan. I look at people like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I look at people like Elon Musk. I look at people that are doing things, the biggest, taking the most action and making the most difference and impact in the world. And I take my direction and I absorb the, my direction and their insight and knowledge. And then I take it and I try and move forward with that. But I agree with you 100% that for me, empirical principles are the base of everything that I've done in my life. And I didn't realize it until recently, until starting the show, but it's about testing, measuring and developing. And it's about inspection, transparency and adaptation. And I think some of the things that you're Talking about are just that, and being transparent and authentic to me is one of the most powerful tools in the world. Because when I'm bearing my scars, when I come to you, and I first thing I mention is my failures of of having an addiction, and and having a mother die, and being homeless, and having brain surgery, I am being completely humble and open and authentic and raw and vulnerable. And by doing that, I'm breaking down the walls and showing you that I'm not in any way here to manipulate, control, or like somehow trick you with a flag over here and then get you to buy something over here. I am simply here to be authentic, real, and vulnerable with you and try and connect in some shape or form. And I think that's a great point you mentioned earlier, but that comes back to me to the empirical principles. That's a lot of it. I didn't realize it, but those are the three things. Number one, empirical principles are the concept of learning through experience, that you deduct all of our knowledge through stimuli within a moment or, st- or environment. So If you picture absorbing stimuli, if we are in an arena or an area of life or a different state or country or we're in a different environment and there's all these different two forms of stimuli qualitative and quantitative and in order for us to absorb that stimuli we have to be aware and have perspective and as a species and organism I think that's a big talking point is our awareness and perspective that we have within different arenas of life and understanding how we're absorbing stimuli whether it's qualitative and quantitative Mm -hmm. and how we're absorbing that and using it to grow and evolve as opposed to just Not lacking awareness and perspective. That's why I talk so much. That's why we talk so much about that, right? And you talk about perspective all the time on your show too, with the recovery atheist and religion. Don't you think that's a big topic with religion?
1: Well, considering the
0: fact that a lot of people they're not auditing why they believe it, and they're not their perspective of religion and so forth.
1: Well, I think that's a big division that happens in the world that we live in today. Is everyone has a right to their own perspective? Uh, I love saying this; it's our our go to, but it's the truth. It's not right or wrong. It's just our perspective correct um we go through life all of us with a different perspective a different view and experience on things because they are our personal intimate experiences our reality i don't know what jr's reality is i don't know his experiences i don't know what makes him authentic in the way that it makes him because i am not him um So by that being the case, when we're able to talk about our experiences and have them relate to each other, that authenticity, that realness that happens there becomes powerful.
0: It emotionalizes a connection. Exactly. I think it's a really big point what you're saying. It's the that we all have stories, right? So none of our stories are right and wrong. Like he just said, I didn't realize this until recent, thanks to the podcast, thanks to you, thanks to people being on the show. It's opened my mind to this. I used to actually think I was right and wrong times, but then I l- listened to someone like Gary Vee and he had an intro. Remember I told you he has an intro on his show and right. I was like, oh, there's got to be a reason he makes this the intro on his every episode. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks for being with us, Zach. Um, and ultimately it's about storytelling and the power of storytelling because it's the most powerful tool to relate. So what Dell just said is one thing that is a fact about it is we all do have a story and if you look at all of our stories they all are they all are based in pain suffering, struggle and strife as human beings that's how we can connect most with other people. So I think that's 100% a why a big part of the why of what we're doing here at women media is the ability to communicate and share stories at scale. So like with your podcast and with my podcast, we can turn these platforms on and I can share my story and reach, we've now reached, I don't know the exact number, but thousands of people that I never would have been able to reach in other countries and parts of the world because of my podcast. Mm -hmm. And that to me is my ability to connect to others. And if you really want to connect to others, it requires, I agree with you, 100% authenticity, vulnerability, and transparency. And that is the second step, as I just said, in in the empirical three principles.
1: Well, wouldn't you agree that, you know, we're talking about failures and battles we have and, and I've had my share and you've had your share and the people out here in the audience yeah, has had sure their shares. Had share. uh, I think all of us know what that feels like, most of us. But um, if we had nothing but successes all the time, I, I just, I don't, I don't think we would be grateful for the opportunities that we get. Uh, From failures. Uh, I think that through my failures, it has been able to help me grow, uh, to become stronger, to be able to learn, uh, to be able to say that I've experienced that and be able to become a wiser, more mature individual because of those failures. Um, And it it makes me become, for me anyway, a better all-around person living in society and the life that I have around my friends and other people, co-workers. So for me personally, without failure, I use the line all the time, you cannot have nothing but sunny days, otherwise everything dries out. you got to have rainy days. Nothing grows without rain. Like today, I'm looking outside, and it's kind of a dreary Duluth day on the lake here, drizzly, foggy, but boy, look at those trees. The trees here for fall colors is absolutely gorgeous, even with the dreariness. Even through the pain and the suffering, we've got to see the beauty and what can happen from it.
0: I think that's a great point. And I think that's a big part of what I talk about a lot at Weirman Media is again back to ego is the enemy in the steps I talk about. So the steps that we have at Weirman Media, they're focused on mixing. So when you look at a lot of the stuff that we talk about, it's about mixing science with spirituality. And it's about mixing the five key characteristics we have are focus, commitment, courage, respect, and openness. And those merge. With the three inspection steps that I talked about, I mean, empirical principles of inspection, transparency, and adaptation. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the three Weirman-Girl steps, they are, number one, audit to gain awareness and perspective. That's connecting the inspection part. And then it's two, transparency replacing ego with humility openness and authenticity and vulnerability and I think what we're talking about right now is just that leaning into our failures more than our successes a lot of us I'm citing the ego is the enemy the book and Ryan Holiday it's a great book I'm citing it and in that book it talks about replacing our our identity and our connection a lot of people when you meet them their first way of mentioning who they are and what they're about is their successes and their job I'm trying now after reading that book and more doing the podcast trying to focus on my failures my pain and my suffering and my struggle, because to me, that's replacing my ego with humility, openness, authenticity, and vulnerability, and I think that's a big talking point, because I think ego, in based on that book, Ego is the Enemy, it it keeps us from doing that, it keeps us from sharing our authentic, vulnerable truths in a, in a fashion that opens us up to connect to others on that emotional level that you talked about, mm-hmm. and bring emotions and connection to storytelling, and I think by doing that, like you said, you can reach other people and connect to people, and so that's why I think it's important to open, say yes to more doing more in life and failing more in life, and we need to say, okay, it's okay to fail because that's where you open up to be able to connect to more people. Having said yes to more failure in experiences and struggle, then you move forward conditioned, optimized, and you move forward adapted, that's the third part, and more evolved and optimized, and you're constantly testing, measuring, and developing and growing.
1: Well, I wouldn't... I would not want to live life, and I don't know if the audience feels this way, but I think so, most of them would, but I would not want to live life not taking risks or, or just feeling like I don't you know, would want to fail, and so I'm not going to take risks and just isolate and sit at home and not do anything to grow. I mean, I know that I'm going to go out through life, and I'm going to have some failings. I'm going to have some failures. Yeah. That's going to happen. I'm going to try to do something, and it's not going to work. I'm going to try to get better at something, and it's I'm struggling with it. Um, but that's life. Um, without taking those risks, without trying to grow um, through those, how can we have uh, emotional maturity? How can we have... Uh, life experiences that allow us to become better people Um, again it comes back to who I am which is the secular humanist that way Um, how am I going to use the resources that are around me to be able uh, to provide help to the people around me to be able to um, live life with other people in my life in the most uh, satisfying happy joyful way to be able to do it I can't do that unless I take risks, unless I continue to grow, and unless I fail.
0: I agree 100%. And I think it's a great talking point in being, if you talk about what you're saying, it's about stuck and stagnant. And I think a lot about what we talk about at We Are Media comes back to a world in a country that's become so comfortable stuck and stagnant and addicted to friction-free living. That When I'm talking about that, I'll simplify this for you and explain it. It's the fact that we are addicted to the easier, softer weight. And if you look at this, another uh, citing I'll cite is the Harvard Business Science and Study of Business. They talk about our addiction to friction-free living and our addiction to speed and time and our misperception of speed and time. And by since we're time poor, we spend all of our time living beyond our means as consumers, spending money in a, in a fashion that we no longer have control of our main resources being our time and energy we then take all of our money that we are earning is spending our time earning to try and buy back time on friction free processes, services and solutions like uh, grocery delivery whatever, stuff that removes friction from your life and makes it so you can buy back time and I, it comes back to the thing I talked about in the very beginning with being comfortable being different at a younger age and comfort and being different. There's a big topic there because that's me saying I'm comfortable being different and taking on challenges which is saying yes to friction friction heavy processes is when you say yes to more difficult, challenging tasks or saying yes to doing things you've never done before. That's challenging. That's friction. And then if you say no to doing things that you've never done before, that is friction free. That's saying, I'm going to stay in the stuck, stagnant space, like you said, Dell, I think that's a great point. I wouldn't want to live if I'm just in a shell in my house and I never have to do anything or nothing happens in life and it's so boring and bland and I'm stuck and stagnant doing nothing. Mm-hmm. What's the point? So I think that's a big topic: is about being stuck and stagnant, and not taking on more challenges, and saying yes to more risk, and saying yes to friction-heavy processes. Because at the end of the day, that's where you find the growth. And friction-heavy—that's what I love. I, that's why I'm doing all this stuff. It's—it's it's stuff I've never done before, and that's why I want to now. I want to keep doing stuff I've never done.
1: Well, it's—it would be super boring for me to go through life and just sit at home and isolate and do nothing. That's the biggest difference this time around in my recovery um, that I've noticed. Um, Other times I've gone through recovery and have gotten months under my belt. I eventually get complacent. It seems like I just go to work and I come home and I just sit at home and do nothing. I don't grow. I don't. I just sit at home. Uh, This time around, it's different. Every day I'm moving. Uh, whether it be to go to work whether it be like today I had to go up on the hill to Walmart pick up some shoes and I picked up a beautiful wranglers heavy water repellent jacket today to get me by for a bit until I have to buy me a big winter jacket uh, for the winters here but it's heavy enough to get me by probably till December I'm hoping and then by then I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna get me a heavy parka Getting ready for this winter here in Duluth. Got to get ready for it. You're right. Um, right. It's definitely here. It's definitely on its way with fall colors. It's not even in October yet, and we're already looking like we're into October. Um, So I have a feeling we're going to have an early winter, so I got to get ready. But I'm busy all the time. I I, I no longer am I just sitting around doing nothing. Um, I see that a lot of times in some of the sober living houses that I've lived in to where they just, they don't do anything. And then they wonder why they're irritable, restless, and discontent <laughs> and not happy with the way their life is going. Um, I don't do that. I, I, I Thanks for being with us, folks. I trailblaze. I go my own path. And by doing that, it allows me to be able to stay focused, to stay motivated, to stay Committed. Uh, committed um, and then, um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Determined, excited to be able to go out every day and live my life.
0: Thanks for being with us, Ken. So
1: that's what I'm doing today. And that's what I want, you know, for people in general is don't just sit on your hands at home. This whole COVID thing has made people just do that, where they just don't... Don't be afraid of this. I mean, yes, this COVID thing has been a, a horrible thing to have to deal with, and I don't like wearing the masks just as much as a lot of people don't. Um, but it doesn't mean we have to stay in our home 24 hours a day. Get out there. Don't let this stop you from living life and enjoying life just because the government tries to tell you not to.
0: I think it's a great talking point. I think it's for me, that's exactly, I agree with you and relate 100%. And I think it comes back to a really big point of people living in fear and insecurities. Because look, I want to lean into this. This is a great talking point here. Action is the strategy. He's making a great point. And, and, and if you look into Bain & Company, the number one business consulting company in the world, Bain & Company, they will tell you when you dive into their business the actual strategy comes from doing. As long as you're testing, measuring, and developing, inspecting, transparent, and adapt, and adapting through that testing, measuring, and developing, and you're practicing, working, and learning via a perspective and awareness, and you're doing, that means you're constantly, constantly taking action And then you're constantly testing, measuring, and developing and optimizing and adapting through that action. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people like to sit back and be like, oh, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I can tell you firsthand, I would not have any of the insight, perspective, or value or awareness I have at 29 having not said yes to all the things I did and done all the things I did at a young age. And it was my comfort... With failure and lacking my fear of judgment of others and being comfortable in my ambiguities and my inexactness and my imperfections within taking those actions. A lot of people, they're fearful of taking action because they're fearful and insecure of being imperfect, not good at something or being judged at by society about how they did or how being well they embarrassed
1: did. Or, yeah, embarrassed. Yeah.
0: But if you remove that and you find comfort, thanks, Mom, for all the self confidence you gave me. And I'm on the verge of cocky sometimes, but I try and. Yeah. Yes, you are. But it comes from the willingness and I think that's a big topic is that action is the strategy, removal of fear of being judged and removal of the judgment and thinking, oh, society's going to think I'm inexact, I have imperfections, I have ambiguities. But that's why I talk so much about ambiguities, Dell, is because it's inexactness and imperfection and openness to different interpretations of things that is what replaces ego because by doing so, then you're comfortable with being inexact and imperfect. Everyone, egotistically, which is equates to fear and mm-hmm. equates to insecurities. They want, they don't want to go out and take that action because they no. are fearful that they won't do good or they won't do good enough. Right. Like if you, like if everyone knew when they went out and started a business tomorrow did whatever they did, they were the, going to be the best and make millions at it.
1: Everyone would do it. Oh, if it was and if it was easy to do, and everybody if it was would. Easy, do it. exactly. You gotta, you gotta work for it.
0: You know exactly. And you talk about it all the time. Taking accountability. You said it the other day on one of your episodes about the action you've done and taken to achieve mm-hmm. sobriety, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing.
1: Well, and we, you know, you want to talk about judgment. Um, Judgment.
0: It's a great topic for you. You know a lot about it. Well, yeah. I mean, with your background.
1: I've been, yeah, going from religion on up. When it comes to judgment, we were talking about it last night that... We both were kind of being a little bit cynical, a little bit judgmental about something. Yeah, And. but we were aware to it. We were aware to it because it is an imperfection. It is one of those character defects, and it's we're human. It's going to happen where, and I believe there is some, if we did not have judgment, we would put ourselves in positions that would be bad for us. We've got to be able to judge certain people in certain situations to make sure that we don't put ourselves in a vulnerable position. I get that. But outside of that, what's the use in having a judgment on someone? Especially if you don't even know that individual. Exactly. I find myself doing that all the time. Me I too. will be on the bus. Uh, I'll use an example today. A guy got on the bus and just his look to me, the judgment was look at this piece of piece of crap that's getting on the bus. That's not right. No. That is wrong of me to feel that way or to say that. I don't know this guy. He could be one of the most caring, loving people. But because of my own personal experiences and my own personal judgment, I'm, I'm saying this about this person and it's wrong. This is the stuff that I have to look at and I have to change. I have to adjust it and I'm getting better and better with it but, like, I'm, man, I, you do
0: great. but, but I'm
1: human I'm not perfect I'm going to have those moments
0: yes I agree and it's key though that like you said I think it's a great point and it's accepting our imperfections and our inadequacies but also being aware like when me and you were doing it I'm actively aware of it and I think it's difficult for me to completely get rid of it but I'm trying to not judge people as much I agree I do the same thing Del. like sometimes due to my time in jail and due to my time on the streets when you are living at the lower levels of society you have to start having negative bias so let's Look at this from a scientific lens, right? And this comes back to one of the other things I talk about a lot is our ability to dominate as a species has been due to one of a few key factors, but one of them is our ability to recognize threats and vulnerabilities. And you said it, Del. You said we have to be able to assess negative things, situations, or Mm -hmm. objects that threaten us. As a species, on the lower levels of life in natural environments, you have threats that come at you. You have to eliminate them. So I agree with you. In my life, my experience, I've been very uh i've learned a lot about having to judge and assess situations and threats and i think as humans we are naturally due to our in- instinctual uh, tr- uh whatever you want to call it instinctual mm. traits mm-hmm. we are naturally negative we have a negative bias towards looking at things in well, items or objects because we want to look at th- is it a threat
1: right and if i look at that situation that happened on the bus. It's because I have been homeless. I have been in you know, around people like this individual. Uh, and so automatically it goes back to my past experience. And my past experience has been is I can't trust this guy. So therefore, because of that, it automatically comes up in me even though I'm a completely different person than what I was seven months ago. It comes up that I go back and revert back to the past. And that kind of person in the past to me would be a threat. And so automatically, even though he's not a threat to me today, automatically it goes to that point because of the experiences I've had. This is where I'm talking about failing and having growth. From that experience now that I've noticed it, I've audited it, I've acknowledged it, I can now grow from it to where I don't have to let that situation control me or have it automatically, it's almost like an automatic response. I don't have to have that automatically come into my mind that way. I can sit there and try to look at it from a more positive point of view rather than that negative because that's what I've been trained and conditioned to do. So that's, that's what I want to do different today. That's what I hope everyone in the world would like to do is learn how to be able to recondition our thinking to where it's not always black and white. Again, it's not always about being right and wrong. It's just about the perspective of it. When you look at things in life, everyone's perspective could be different in how it looks. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong.
2: Exactly.
1: It's just a different perspective. It's just a different way of looking at it. There can be many rights. There could be many right ways of doing something.
0: If you think about it, stuff science is always proving facts, right? But then also proving itself wrong. It's a great point though. But I want to now lean into what I talked about with threats and a big part of what and why we're doing everything that we're doing is, is the key points of evolution. So I deep-dived into Yuval Harari. I'm going to cite his book, another big part of my processes, and Brief History of Mankind, Homo Sapiens, I believe it is. Homo Sapiens, A Brief History of Mankind. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the keynotes of what we're doing here are the main characteristics that push evolution forward. They're the things that move humanity and a species forward via unity. So based on Yuval Harari's book in the keynotes, there was three key reasons to we to why we as a species have been able to evolve and expand and grow to such like distance as far as migration, and also maintain communication through that. So the key factors to us evolving and dominating the way we have as a species, and inventing in technology and tools and so forth, is our ability, one, to communicate. We can, as a species, we're one of the only species that can communicate our truths and our realities, but then also use our communication to create new truths and realities. So an example of that would be just like religion. It would be like an ape can't tell another ape, if you give me all your bananas, you go to heaven, and they wouldn't believe that. The ape is instinctual living in its prime, its habitatual beliefs of food, survival, sustainability, and reproduction. But due to our complexities as a species, we can create new realities, we can come together as long as we're working cooperatively and communicate new and create new realities. So the key of women in media is communication at scale. It's using the written word, photo, and video to share our stories, which is how we, as we just said earlier, connect to others in an emotional, authentic, vulnerable way. And then that, via that, you can work together and cooperate, hopefully people then, like Del Bacon has come in, and done. we've done amazing things together, and he's opened his show, and we've developed dialogue, and we've developed a team, and we're building a team in my brother's dialogue, and us three now are much stronger collectively. That's another characteristic. So number one is our ability to communicate our realities, but also create new realities, and then the number two is to work together cooperatively and flexibly, because by sharing our stories, we find the common ground, like you said, Del, mm-hmm. and then we can work together and cooperate, and then moving forward, we can recognize our threats and eliminate our threats and invent the new realities of tomorrow. Right. So that's a big point. So those are the th- that's like everything that we do here. If you see what I'm saying, it's our ability to reach people at scale via storytelling in an authentic, vulnerable fashion. And then by doing so, you can connect and relate. And then hopefully we can unite and come together and with via perspective and awareness see where our threats are coming from our threats today they just so happen to be technology war ego division global warming they're all direct results of our that we're extensions of things we've created another threat for us is like um of big corporations or the American governments and societies. We've built these corporations. We've built these businesses up mm-hmm. and they're extensions of us and their threats. So, those are the key notes. Our ability to recognize and eliminate threats. That's the reason that we sustain as a species. If you're in an arena and you have a bunch of people coming at you and you're in the jungle, you have to eliminate your threats. You have to have negative bias. That's what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And eliminate your threats. That comes to number one of the part of the growth steps is audit, inspect to gain awareness and perspective, and then moving forward via humility and openness Removing ego to open up to your failures, your shortcomings, and defects, and share those all authentically and vulnerably at scale via a podcast. And doing so, connecting to others via your inefficiencies, shortcomings, and defects, opens you up to more connection to other human beings, and connecting and leading, and influencing and changing, and hopefully by bringing us all together and working together cooperatively and flexibly, and using these tools of technology to do good and connect, we can move forward working together and invent new technologies or realities of tomorrow like we talk about with you and on other episodes like you talked about with uh, right. AI drones and so
1: forth. Correct. Correct. So I appreciate you giving me that, that platform though. Not a problem. So what is your plan with your podcast, with Two Brothers Podcast, with uh, the Worman Media business, uh, also collaborating with my business, Tra- uh, Trey Entertainment? What is your plans for the future? What can you? What are you going to be bringing to the table? What do our audience out there have excitement in, and what you're going to bring?
0: Yeah, so basically, it's pretty simple. It's really rooted in just in focusing on what everything that we just talked about by bringing happiness. Basically, everything I believe in is I would love it once money becomes irrelevant. I've lived a life where I've been able to do these things because I've let money not control me. Mm-hmm. But right now, if, my, if, I did, if money became completely irrelevant and everything that we are doing currently is basically money, it hasn't been an issue. So what my goal number one is, is happiness for others and sharing intellectual value. So in bringing that to other people and showing you that you have value, that's my number one goal, is to hope that you can pursue your passions, pursue your dreams, you can be happy, you can be content, and you can be aware and awake and do so and share your value with the world because Mm -hmm. that's all I want to do. If I could spend the rest of my life focusing on moving humanity forward and connecting people and coming together and achieving greatness and doing big things Mm -hmm. and overcoming problems and threats – that's what I that's to me is a really big purpose of living like after my moving company failed I dove into like what can I do that's bigger than a piece of paper because I was making money in my moving company and I was like okay I'm making money money's now irrelevant but what can I do that means something in society so that's why I dove into this concept and I deep dived it for months on end and I looked into something that I could do and that's when I dove into storytelling and podcasting and scale and basically that's what you can look for in the future is us trying to help build other people up to have the confidence and ability and empowerment and courage to go out and do the same and share your story and pursue your dreams and pursue your passions. Whatever that is, if that's toenail painting, if that's playing (laughs) video games. It's realistic nowadays. People make millions of dollars playing video games. True. People make millions of dollars now posting photos of them on Instagram. True. There has never been a more realistic time where you can pursue something for income and make a living doing it no matter what it is. So you truly have value. I want you to believe that. A lot of people don't think they have what it takes. They don't think they have the value. Their parents or our society tears them down and they haven't given them the self-confidence. So that's what I want to do, that's what I want to bring and I want to carry forward is building others up and investing in human capital and sharing the in perspective that we all have value and you can share that with others and connect and then do good. So that's exactly what I want
1: to do. Cool, cool. Is- and I and I think the key word for that is purpose. I agree. Have a purpose. What is your purpose today? That, I mean, that's what I ask myself every morning when I get up. Okay, what is my purpose going to be today? Exactly. What am I going to bring to the table today? How am I going to be able to have that purpose be something that's going to be motivating, positive, uh, and, and, and have growth involved? Because if you're not growing, in my opinion, you're dying. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, without growth, nothing changes. Without growth, nothing gets better. Without growth, change doesn't happen.
0: Exactly. And then what's the purpose?
1: Again, it comes back to the key word, purpose. Purpose, exactly. There, there has to be a purpose to our lives for us to feel like we're getting some kind of a substance, some kind of a, a feeling of um, satisfaction, enjoyment, and, and that life is good for us. I've lived so many years where I did not have a purpose to where I just felt like I just existed. And boy, that is a miserable way to live. Miserable, just existing and just scraping by, not really feeling like you have any real reason to wake up. Everything I do today, there's a purpose involved in it and there's a joy for me doing it. Even going to work. Do you hear me, people? Even going to work. I I, I don't dread going to work every morning. Yeah, it's a job and I gotta go in for eight hours and, and but I don't really dread it. It it there's a purpose to me going into work. It helps pay my bills. It helps me have the life that I get to enjoy. It helps me be able to finance my podcast. It helps me be able to live life happily, and at least it's a job that I have great coworkers. I have, I'm have, i happy doing what I do, and I'm content with it, and I don't dread anymore having to go to work. Why? Because there's a purpose in me going into that job. Used to be my purpose was, was to get a bottle of alcohol and use it. That was my full purpose. So why would I fucking want to go to work? Why Work would be miserable because I, I'd rather have the purpose of finding a place and a, and a way to use that bottle. Today, I don't have that. Today, I'm free of that. The chains have been cut. Today, it's the purpose of what am I going to do in my life each day that's going to bring happiness into it. And by going to that job, it's bringing me happiness. So I don't dread it anymore do i like getting up at six o'clock in the morning to have to go no i'm not a morning person but guess what there's a lot of people out here that don't have anywhere to go that don't have a job i have to be grateful for what i have and as long as i do that there will be purpose in my life i think that's so big though del I think that is so
0: profound. It's the simple things are so profound. I think purpose in what you're talking about, it correlates to hope and it correlates to progression and it correlates to growth and dreaming. And I think it's so big for me. Like I can relate. I've had when I was addicted to heroin, I did not want to live. I did not really have a purpose. I didn't really have a reason to wake up. I didn't have hope. I didn't see progression. I didn't see any reward for what I was doing. I didn't see any growth. I didn't see any future. So a big part of, I think, why a lot of us lack hope in America and are so painful, I mean, so restless, irritable discontent is just that, Del. Well, it, it's profound. And that's why I talk so much about our uh, auditing our income and auditing consumer consumerism, because I really think that's a big part of the issue is what you just said. Well,
1: Marsha brings up a great word here. Thanks, uh, Marsha. Yeah. Structure.
0: Structure. So that's another great point, Marsha. Discipline. So a big part of why my life was a mess prior to where it is now is I talk, it's a discipline versus undisciplined living. And I think that's a great point, Del. What do you think about structure when you hear that and what I, she said?
1: I have to have it. Um, does that mean I everything I do in my life is structured? No. I mean, there's some days that I don't really have much going on, so I just go out for a little adventure. I'm just gonna go up on the hill to the Walmart or to the mall, to the GameStop, stop in at Barnes Noble, maybe look at a few books, get a Starbucks coffee. You know, just have a day to myself to just kind of go off the grid and just do what I want. But like today, I had structure. Now, waking up, I mean, I could have woke up earlier, but I washed the sheets in my comforter last night and everything. So this morning, when my alarm went off, uh, my everything smelled so good, and it was so soft in bed, I didn't feel like getting out of bed. So my purpose was I, I could get a couple more extra hours of sleep. But the purpose today was I need to get up. I need to get up to Walmart, try to get a money order for my rent, uh, picked up some shoes, do all that, and then get back down here to the studio to do what we're doing right now. Um, there was structure there. I had an idea of what my day was going to do, uh, for that day. Um, without structure, if I don't have it, then I find that things end up popping up that I don't want to necessarily, um, thoughts pop up in my head. Sometimes in that situation, um, I get bored a lot easier when I don't have structure When I know I have a certain schedule that I have to meet, and by meeting that criteria and that structure, I'm going to have this payoff for being able to do that, it allows me to stay focused on what I need to do, and these things, it's like a domino effect. They're gradually getting knocked down, and by the end, like today, and the same way yesterday. Yesterday, I got a lot accomplished yesterday. Today, I'll be able to go home, sit down, if I want to play little video games, I can or watch a little YouTube and I can say, you know what, Dell, you've had a productive day today, and I can hit that pillow sober tonight going, Dell, good job today. Good job today. And that's the structure. That's that structure and that purpose that I put into my life every day. I think that's a really big point, Marsha and Dell. And I think that is
0: so what I when I heard that and what, based on what we're talking about in my experience, my perspective of hearing that is it brings me to the concept of having purpose and a direction and a big part of life is I feel like a lot of people in life lack They don't know who they are, what they want to do, where they want to go, and how they're going to get there. And to me, I think that's direction. And I think that correlates directly with purpose is the who, the what, the when, the where, the why. And I think it's essential to have a strategy and structure of how you're going to do what you want to do. But if you don't know what you want to do or how you're going to get there, it's a major problem. And I think a lot about what she's talking about is having a direction and having a purpose and and then having a strategy or structure to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of what we talk about in the media with the steps of the growth and uh, so forth. It's having a strategy and a structure to grow or scale your life or your business or your dream or your passion and understanding that there is a way of doing so. And for me, the number one thing for me to find direction is my team and then looking to the people that are doing it better than me or the best. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm going to say it. I'll shout it out to the guys that bring me the most direction. It's guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, Joe Rogan, as I said, my brother even, Del Bacon even, Solomon Weirman, my brothers, the people that are closest to me and my and the people that I look to as my leaders and my team are the ones that I get direction and I get purpose and meaning from because we're coming together, we're working together, connecting and we're pursuing a purpose and we're pursuing something with a strategy and a mission and it gives us purpose and it's to me it's 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 the ultimate reason to be alive. I just hope more people can can find out their who, what, when, where and why.
1: Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, and Marsha Marcia said that you can have structure without having obligations. I, I agree with that. That's an interesting point. Well, you know, if I don't if I'm don't have anything, say it's a day off and I'm just staying at home, um, and there really isn't any major stru- you know, obligations I've gotta do, yeah, there's still a structure of my day without having obligations. I still have a certain structure can be just your mindset could be just where you're you're at and you're thinking about what you're going to do with that day it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to work or this or that structure i, I look at structure as it being a lifestyle as it being a reality for you in your life um i today decide that i'm not going to be irrational um, and uh, impulsive good word I I, I I, today want to live life where I'm not being so knee-jerk reaction impulsive to make decisions just because I don't have an obligation in place. I need to be content and peaceful in the situation in the moment to where I don't feel like I have to have chaos and that structure is what helps me be able to do that. So I'll look at that if it's a day that I'm at home and I've got no obligations. Well, guess what? It's a self-care day. It's a way to to do some self-care, get some rest, maybe get some stuff at home done that I need to get done, some laundry or whatever it is. Maybe it's to hang out with the guys and have some fellowship that way. Uh, Maybe it's just to just watch movies all day, watch Netflix and chill, like we like to say. But yes, there doesn't have to always be an obligation to have structure.
0: Um, that's an interesting topic I yeah
1: find, what do you think I
0: really appreciate that Marsha because now I'm thinking that'll be a topic for, that we could even deep dive because no obligations versus obligations I think is a really interesting perspective I appreciate her giving that because to me it made me think about as humans the obligation versus no obligation
2: mm-hmm. and I
0: think it's a great way of looking at things Marsha for me I look at things in binary like I do extremes right because then I try and find the middle ground and I think obligation versus no obligation as humans I think we are obligated to be of service and work well with others and i think we are obligated in some way to grow evolve and help us sustain and i think that comes down to conditioning and fitness and i think that's a big that's a big concept i just said but i think we do have an obligation to be of service and to work well with others and just at the core of our existence and i don't know what you think dell but i well, think for me growing and evolving and sustaining and being of
1: service and working with others is a central part of my existence. And that comes back to conditioning and fitness. Perfect. And Marsha just said something that's perfect as well as reaction doesn't allow you to choose your behaviors. You're absolutely right. So when I make an impulsive decision, it's like, I'm not really choosing my behavior. It's like, it's an automatic, like I said, a knee jerk reaction where I just automatically do a behavior. And it's like, I don't take the time to look at it and go, should I really be making this behavior or, or this decision? I don't, I don't do that.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, but I think that's a great topic. Cause I think,
1: I think it is something we're going to have to dive into. Cause
0: there is a sense. I agree with her. That you don't have to. There, and I think you're right. though It's a great point. The self care is the balance. I think there is a sense to it where the, when you have self care days, someone, my brother's ignorantly throwing rocks at the door. It's pissing me off. <laughs> uh, ridiculous but ultimately um i think self-care is that day i think you're right though. i think you just hit it on a big point is no obligation is a way of finding balance in self-care because me i think about obligation is duty service like i said but then no obligation i think about um just that self-care yeah i agree well but i think we should wrap it up here beginning.
1: yeah because we're getting rocks thrown at it why don't you look out the window at him quick and just tell him we'll be right down there yeah I'm going to wrap her up so thank you today for joining us today (laughs) Um, so we'll go ahead and we'll shut her down but thank you today for joining us uh, in this uh, podcast that we have today in this live video Um, I'm very excited to be able to be a part of Wyrman Media and be with JR uh, to expand what we have in this business and what we bring to the table Um, I think that there is a purpose in what we're doing. And I just want to thank you again for joining me here at The Recovery Atheist. Uh, and I just hope everyone is safe out there. I love all of you. Be safe out there. Peace. And I just want to say thanks,
0: Del. I want to say thank you to Del Bacon, The Recovery Atheist. You're the you're the bomb man. And I appreciate everything that you do and continue to do and with your platform and sharing your story and helping others and then being so vulnerable and authentic within that. I appreciate you. Why don't you close it out with our... Remember, folks, what we're saying and what we're talking about is never right and it is never wrong. It is always simply what they our perspective. perspective. Hey, podcast nation. Thanks for tuning in. Your attention is our oxygen. Please like, share and subscribe for a better chance at being the next loyal brand follower mentioned at the end of our next show. Shout out to at Marsha Kennedy on Facebook, as well as Chad Whatzak. Of Duluth for being such loyal brand followers of the Weirman Media brand and the two brother duo as well as Dal Bacon and the Recovery Atheist. Weirman Media, using the written word, photo, and video to elevate the level at which we operate, cooperate, communicate, and create hoping that by sharing powerful, authentic, fictional stories in a vulnerable, creative, cultural-relevant fashion, we can bring hope while helping our species overcome the complexities of growth in order for us to unite rather than fight, gaining awareness as well as perspective, moving forward together working via humility and openness understanding each other's ambiguities collectively operating in a cohesive flexible fashion eliminating our threats and inventing the new realities of tomorrow because none of us are right none of us are wrong it is simply our
2: perspective